Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Come to Shellogoff podcast while we sing together. My name is Mantej Mann and I'm joined by my colleague Andy Turner. Hello Andy. Hi, Mantej. Andy, we'll start by talking about the Sky Blues Academy. Um, we've been in the news quite a bit recently. We published a story yesterday about the Academy Productivity Rankings created by a chap called Mark Crane. Now, Mr Crane, an environmental toxicologist, analysed each EFL and Premier League Academy after debating which one to send his son to. He ranked each of the 86 category 1-3 to three clubs in 2016-17 in terms of productivity for English qualified players. Uh, and ranked the Sky Blues at 29th, ahead of uh, Premier League clubs West Brom, Brighton and Stoke. Uh, we've been seeing uh, examples of that productivity recently, with uh, Jordan Ponticelli and Jordan Shipley stepping up from the Sky Blues Academy to the first team. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> interesting study, and interesting that uh, he's a, a toxicologist, I mean, <laughs> a real football expert here. Indeed. <laughs> but nevertheless... Um, uh, an excellent study, yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's this production line, isn't it, that just keeps on on giving. Um, there's a sort of bit of a spanner in the works at the moment with the current under 18s and 17s, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, but certainly, um, you know, over the last several years, you know, there's there's been a, a steady flow of, of, of players coming through the system. Um, you know, you likes of James Madison, George Thomas, Cyrus Christie, uh, Shea Adams, who unfortunately didn't play for the first team, he was let go. But uh, Jordan Clark, um, Gail Bergeramana, Aaron Phillips, you know, the, the list is endless. I mean, and more recently, Ben Stevenson, Kelly Evans twins, Chris Camwell, George Shipley, as you mentioned, Carl Finn, Ryan Haynes, uh, sort of breaking in as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's doing a fantastic job and, it, and it's no surprise that they are sort of punching above their weight, you know, given where the club are at this moment in time. We look at the under-18s yesterday, um, contrasting uh, um, styles really for the under-18s. I know that the current crop of, of boys are on a, a bit of a poor run of form. They've lost nine games, uh, they're opening nine games in the league um, so far this season, although they won in their first round of a youth cup tie last night. Yeah, and um, you know it, it's amazing, isn't it? With that that one win, the two-one win at uh, Lincoln, and they were down to ten men for about an hour. Um, after I think it was Lewis Green, uh, a defender was uh, sent off for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity in the in the box, um, and uh, the Imps missed the resulting penalty from that, and Coventry were one 0 up at the time. Um, and uh, but you know it's amazing what what sort of one result like that could could do you know to their season you know as, as you said they, they are struggling they haven't won a single game in their opening nine um, so far this season in the league um, and it's it's obviously a tough year for them um, you know and I, I guess it's you're always going to get that occasionally there will be a couple of years year groups that are perhaps not quite as strong as the ones that went before uh, or the ones underneath and um, you know they they do seem the 17s and 18s um, 
do seem a, a bit of a, a, a weaker bunch this time round. Um, sort of overall, you know, there's sort of no sort of standout stars, if you like, that um, that are sort of leading the way. You know, there's no sort of standout striker like Ponte Kelly was last last season. Um, you know, grabbing goals for goals for fun. Uh, so I guess it's difficult when you haven't got those sort of standout stars. And it's not to say they're they're bad players, you know, because I think you know, um, you know, they've probably all got their qualities. Um, but it's just they're going through a tough time at the moment now. Uh, it's interesting because just underneath bubbling away, um, the 15s and 16s, I'm told, um, are very strong and have got you know lots of sort of star quality in that. And obviously we've seen Charlie McCann was was one of those who's uh, was recently sold to Manchester United. So you know, um, hopefully there are a few more sort of Charlie McCanns in there that that will actually stay with the club um, and filter through and push on to the first team and do you know what Jordan Shipley and Jordan Ponticelli are, are doing at the moment, which is. Um, which is fantastic to see, you know, and it, it, you know their sort of persistence and their hard work is getting them much time. And you know, as as we saw at Luton on on Saturday, I mean, Shipley, you know, he's gone under the radar a little bit, hasn't he? Um, you know, this season because Ponticelli sort of grabbed all the sort of headlines, if you like, um, because the fans are sort of clamoured for him to get in the team because of his goal record. Um, but um, but I've been really impressed with with George Shipley. Um, and he did well, you know, in, in his sort of late cameo at Luton, didn't he? I mean, what did you make of his of his I've, kick I've, strike? I've, I've been uh, watching Jordan Shipley for for a little while now, and I've been quite impressed with him. Um, I think he's, he's got he's very technically gifted. Um, he's got a brilliant left foot, but of course, trying to break into the first team, it, it, as, as I tried to say in the week, it, it is difficult at the minute. With Michael Doyle and Liam Kelly have sort of made that central midfield position their own, really. Um, it is going to be hard for him to try and break in, but his versatility helps him, and we've seen that this season. He's been employed at left back for the first team uh, and, and lower down the club. Um, so you know he, he looks to be a, a bright, a city style of future, really. And he's played that sort of wide um, role on the left of that front three as well, hasn't yes, he? Which yeah. uh, you know because he's got a sweet left foot, and, and he can certainly whip the ball in. He's you know he's good from set pieces as well, he is, as we saw at the weekend. His um, dead ball is uh, second to the yeah. Left. And, and the thing I like about him, he, he he's come back and. Um, I mean, I was talking to Jason Farnden, the under-23s coach, on Monday after the match against Millwall, um, in which he played um, a full part in that. Um, and I was talking to him about him, and uh, and he said that you know, by Jordan's own admission, he didn't have a very good season last year, but he came back stronger in the summer. You know, came back really fit, and you know, he he doesn't look like a kid anymore, does he? He looks he looks a man. He's a good size, you know, and um, uh, he really is. And so he certainly can. Can hold his own, um, you know, and long may that continue. And it'd be it'd be lovely to see him, you know, continue to get more match time. It would. Um, one of the uh, one of the uh, other uh, <coughs> academy products actually has been in the headlines a lot recently is James Madison. Um, JM Tennis is known to, to City fans. He's been doing incredibly well at Norwich City this season uh, in the Championship. I actually spoke to um, an Eastern Daily uh, press reporter who, who covers Norwich um, and spoke to him at length this morning about Madison and his progress. Um, and by all accounts, he's, he's pushing on for big things um, at Carrow Road. Um, he won Championship Goal of the Month uh, for his goal against Middlesbrough in September. Uh, and then followed that up um, with a free kick uh, at Reading in front of the Sky Sports cameras. Um, and then the winner in the East Anglian derby against Ipswich Town last month. Um, I and mean, that's the biggie, isn't it? Oh, I mean, massive. to it's... do that 
I mean, because he scored when he went on loan to Aberdeen, he scored, didn't he? It was against Rangers. Against Rangers, which was a big derby there, a big. I mean, that was a massive goal for him there. But I mean, to to score against Ipswich in that East Anglian derby, I mean, it's just you know, he'll be he'll be loved up in Norwich for for years. And he is, made he for is, life there. Indeed, he's a, he's a cult hero now, um, uh, and the report said he's on a par with, uh, with uh, uh, Leon McKenzie, also another former squad player who's uh, scored on debut against Ipswich. Um, but looking ahead, um, you know, I spoke to the reporter to say he said that dependent on on Madison's progress, obviously, will be interest um, uh, in the summer, as there was for Jacob Murphy, who signed for Newcastle, made the step up to the Premier League. Um, but they they really do hope uh, that they can hold on to the, the player moving forward as, as they try and uh, kick on and and realise our ambitions of, of reaching the Premier League again. Um, but obviously, we, we wait to see from afar uh, how, how he develops. Well, we both know him, don't we? And he's, you know, he's a confident lad. He's confident in his own ability. Um, you know, nothing, nothing phases him. And um, you know, and it's, it's lovely to see. You know, because you know, or he's moved away from Coventry now, but he's still a he's a cult kid, isn't he? He's got his, his little business, isn't he? That he, he's doing with Connor Thomas. He has. He's running Although, future sports with yeah, Connor Thomas. Yeah, doing the coaching and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so he, he's very much got a connection with the city. You know, he, sort of, he still comes back and he still watches the Sky Blues, doesn't he, at the Rico when he's uh, when he's not playing himself uh, for Norwich. So um, no, it's lovely to see. You know that um, that Cov kids are doing well. I mean, uh, you know, Callum Wilson's another one. You know, that it's great to to see you know a Coventry kid do well. Do you know, well you know. Stage. Callum, of course, returned uh, to fitness um, last week. Um, Sorry, returned to first team actually last week. He has been. Uh, he's played a couple of times for the twenty threes at Bournemouth. Mm. Uh, but he he's got a hat trick, didn't he? When he uh, for the twenty threes, quite possibly. Yeah, I think he did before he got pushed in, back into the first team picture. Which, it, uh, yeah, it may well have been. Yeah. I know he scored on debut for the first team last week. Yeah, um, in the EFL Cup, I think it was. Uh, he scored from penalty spot on ball accounts. He played well. Um, <clears> so again, he's another one to keep an eye out for. Him. We hope that he progresses well this season. Um, Andy, looking ahead to the weekend, the Sky Blues um, put their league form to, to the side for, for a weekend and uh, resume their uh, FA Cup campaign. Um, <laughs> it's a nervous one, isn't it? it? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, host uh, conference side Maidenhead United at the Rico Arena. And how do you see it going? Um, well, I'm sort of cautiously optimistic, but you know, you, you never know with Coventry City, do you? Um, you know, it, it's you know, on paper, you think look. That they went to Luton. They've been struggling to score goals, haven't they? In recent weeks, they, have. they went to Luton, and it, it's Sars law, isn't it? That they go there and, and stick three past the league leaders at the time, um, albeit two came quite late in the day. Um, but on paper, you think this is an ideal opportunity um, for them to build a bit of confidence for the strikers to, to go out. You know, shackles are off. You know, there's no no real pressure. There shouldn't be any pressure. Now, I know there's always a little bit of pressure because it's potential banana skin and all that sort of stuff. And we don't certainly don't want to repeat at the Worcester City debacle. Um, but, um, but, you all know... the Northampton Town performance. Yeah. Through, uh, Cambridge United performance last season. Yeah. But, um, so, it's not going to be a push-up by any means. But, if Coventry go about their job properly, um, you know, they, they, they should be able to use it to, to build a bit of confidence, to... to you know, start sticking away a few chances, um, and don't forget they've got the Checker Trade Trophy uh, the following Tuesday uh, against West Brom 21s, I think it is, isn't it, at the Rico? And again, that, I mean, although there will be changes, I'm sure, but again, it's another chance, two opportunities there to build a bit of confidence in front of goal, um, and let's hope that, that that does happen. But you know, you can't write. I mean, Maidenhead. I mean, 
they were champions of um, uh, the Conference South um, this last season. Um, so they got promoted and they're holding their own in the conference now, the National League, um, pretty much, and, um, and and doing pretty well. But two years ago, they went to Port Vale, um, which would have been they'd have been League One at the time, um, and held them to a draw in the cup and took them back to York Road. So I'm sure in their minds they'll be thinking, let's go there, get to the recap, enjoy the big day out. You know, fantastic stadium. You know, it's it's got sort of you know. Giant killer written all over it. I mean, I know Coventry only a league and, and 28 places, I think it is, um, uh, above them in the football pyramid. But you know, Coventry was still are perceived as, as a huge club, particularly for a club like Maidenhead United with all the history and everything like that, um, and the stadium um, uh, and that sort of thing. So um, I'm sure they'll be coming here and be looking to, to get a draw at the very least and, and take them back to York Road because you know it's good money spent for them as well isn't it it's, sure. it's a fantastic but, opportunity but Maidenhead are, are part timers um, they are yeah I saw somewhere there's uh, an array of talents within their squad yes yeah because I mean it's uh, it's the usual thing isn't it you know what do they do full time you know what what's their other job you know part-time footballers and one's a male model um, another's a, an artist um, so you know there's uh, so some interesting characters <laughs> in there you know and uh, you know it's, it's it's a it's a huge opportunity for them and, and you know they'll be in the spotlight and um, I'm sure they'll uh, be out to make life as difficult as possible um, for Mark Robbins men now here's a question now, you, you're the, if you were the boss would you make changes on Sunday uh, would I make changes um, I was I was very impressed with them on Saturday I went to cover the game at Kenilworth Road I was very impressed with them I thought they had um, they had their set up well organised I think the, the back four are brilliant Jordan Willis was man of the match um, and they're solid they're not they're not giving away chances bear in mind they were playing against the, the leading scorers in the whole of England on Saturday and they gave very little away to be honest um, so yeah I, I probably would make changes um, I think I'd probably give the defence a, ch- a rest because um, for, for the most part the four of them apart from obviously Chris Stokes recently for Ryan Haynes have been playing week in week out so I'd probably give them a rest um, and, and change it up there um, but, but up front I'd probably go with Jordan Ponticelli again I think Give him another chance. He played well. He led the line well. He, he hurried and harassed defenders, and he was, you know, full of full of energy. And I think that's what supporters want at this stage. So I'd give him another go against uh, a lower league uh, opposition, and you know, you'd hope that, uh, you know, he's unlucky on Saturday because one of his efforts got turned off the line in the, in, in the second half. But you'd hope that moving forward, if he gets a chance here and there, or a sniff that he puts it away, and that will do wonders for his confidence. Mm. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned about the, the defence because, you know. Uh, the last thing that Mike Robbins wants to do is, um, you know, sort of um, mess things up and, and come away with uh, egg on his face, and, and for people to criticise him for sort of making wholesale changes to this fantastic defence, you know, meanest in in the division, meanest in all four divisions, in fact. Yeah, they are. Yeah, got the most clean sheets, ten. Yeah, um, you know, and and to make those changes and and them to go out of the cup at that stage, which would be sort of hugely embarrassing, even uh, going for a replay um, at York Road. I mean, that would be embarrassing as well. Um, from Coventry's point of view but it's interesting yeah so I mean I had a good chat with them Tom Davis actually played in the 23s on Monday uh, which was a a fairly drab goalless draw, but um, but you know from a positive perspective, you know that they played a back three and um, and they kept a clean sheet. Um, and Tom Davis was part of that, playing um, in between um, Dom Hyam and Chris Stokes, who, and then they had the twins, um, were Kelly Evans' twins, were 
uh, operating as wing backs at the start of the game. Um, but it, it's interesting because I mean, is Tom Davis the unluckiest man in League Two? I mean, you know, he, he joined the Sky Blues on, on transfer deadline day, um, came in uh, as sort of almost emergency cover really because Rob McDonald was injured, was expected to be out for two to three months, um, and all of a sudden Rod's injury wasn't as bad as first feared, um, and so he sort of retained his place, um, and then. Um, uh, Rod got a suspension, didn't he? And, uh, and Tom Davis came in uh, and played a game, midweek game. I forget who it was against. Carlisle, was, Carlisle, Carlisle, was it? Yeah. Where he was man of the match. Was due to play against Cambridge United away on the Saturday. The illness, I think it was. And he, he came down with yeah, he came down with uh, food poisoning. So <laughs> you know, so that put paid to that. So that meant McDonald came straight back in. Played really well, you know, and kept his place. Albeit they lost that game, but did enough to, to keep his place. Um, and now he's, uh, you know, fighting to get a, a place in the side in the meanest defence in the division. You know, and um, you know, it's just really tough for, for Tom Davis. You know, everything that sort of could go wrong has gone wrong for him really. And um, so, you know, I'm sure he will see. Well, I know he will see that as a Sunday as an opportunity for him. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's hoping he's going to get an opportunity. Um, to to show what he can do, um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Robin sort of tinkers with the side. So I can't see him making as many changes as he will for the Checker Trade Trophy, which no. I mean he made wholesale changes, didn't he, at Walsall for that, and that's a completely sort of different kettle of fish, really. But um, I can't see him making wholesale changes um, in the FA Cup. Um, I'd be very surprised if that was the case. I just think it. Um, you know, although Maidenhead, you know, are a league below and everything, and are deemed as minnows, I think it's too much of a, as we said before, too much of a banana skin, and, and to to do that really. Indeed, um, kick off on Sunday is it two o'clock? Yeah, Rico? yeah, it is two o'clock at the Rico. Yeah, lovely. Um, we will be reporting live from the Rico on Sunday, so make sure that we follow our coverage. Um, but until next time, I'll be Mantez Man, and I'm Andy Turner, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you.